This is Mission Control, Houston. Ignition sequence start. I've been preparing for this all my life. Here's Porter on hard and taking him to school. What a great play by Jay Shante. KJ Martin climbed Bobon Mountain. T-minus 15 seconds. Guidance is internal. And you've seen tonight that we, we fought together, we stayed together, and it's about damn time, man. Six, five, four, three, two, one. What's up and welcome to another episode of Locked on Rockets, the best and only daily podcast covering your Houston Rockets. As always, I am your host, Jackson Gatlin, native Houstonian and partner at Apollo Media. Be sure to follow along on Twitter at JT Gatlin, the show, of course, at Locked on Rockets, as well as at Apollo H-O-U. And if you enjoy what we do here at Locked on Rockets, do me a favor, hit subscribe at our brand new YouTube channel. That's going strong. It's been really fun learning, getting used to that process, that workflow, as well as wherever you listen to your podcast. Apple, Spotify, Google, you name it, hit the subscribe button. We would sincerely appreciate it. Now, today's episode, we want to remind you, we've got our NBA draft live show, our locked on live show with NBA GOAT draft insider Chad Ford, as well as our NBA draft host Raphael Barlow and John Corrales will be hosting the show live in studio during the NBA draft. It will be starting at 7 p.m. Eastern Time. It's brought to you by Built Bar. You can get your local expert analysis on every single pick. Follow Locked on NBA on YouTube today and watch our live coverage July 29th. Again, 7 p.m. Eastern Time. So today's show, I got a handful of reports coming out over the weekend, some interesting commentary from Cade Cunningham and uh, Evan Mobley to a lesser extent with their respective media availability sessions this past Friday afternoon. And I guess that's probably a good place to start is the, the this really interesting quote out of Cade Cunningham, uh, who during his media availability said, you know, why why is he only, you know, worked out for the Pistons, right? And, and the response was, I wanted to meet with the team that had the number one overall pick because I feel like I'm the number one pick. If the Rockets, or sorry, maybe if the Rockets go get the number one pick, I'll meet with them if there is enough time. So that quote, first off, is just confident as all hell, borderline arrogant or cocky or whatever you want to call it, um, because Cade truly believes he's the number one overall selection. So why would he bother you know, interviewing or working out for uh, the team that doesn't hold all the cards at the number one spot? So kudos to him for having that level of self-confidence. But... I don't like the way that quote kind of sounded because I don't know. It just, it it doesn't sound great. Right. And there's a, there is still that slight belief that the Pistons might hold Jalen green in slightly higher regard than Cade Cunningham. And if there's a possibility where the Pistons do just say, you know what, we're just going to pick green number one overall. The Rockets are definitely scooping Cade at number two, but I guess this is just one of those kind of like, safety measure things that these top prospects kind of go through where we're seeing it from the other top guys, right? Jalen Green has only worked out for the Pistons and Rockets. Evan Mobley hasn't worked out for the Pistons or the Rockets because his camp firmly believes that he's probably going at three or four to the Cavs or Raptors. So there's this whole, you know, discussion debate about what this quote kind of meant. And a lot of people took it in a negative light. I kind of just sat here and thought, okay, well, he's fully convinced he's going to the Pistons. And all the smoke right now 
is pointing at the top four prospects going down the pecking order in exactly how a lot of mock drafts have pegged it. So Cade Cunningham, number one overall, Jalen Green, number two overall, Evan Mobley, number three, Jalen Suggs, number four. That's how this that's how all the mock drafts are kind of shaking out right now. That's how ESPN's mock draft show decided to draft the top four prospects. And that's pretty much how I have this draft pegged as to how it's going to shake out at the end. Because right now the Pistons have an asking price and the Pistons and Rockets have definitely been engaged uh, as per Sham Sharania of the athletic uh, reporting that the Rockets are looking to trade up and, and, you know, get that secure the first overall pick that they are, you know, actively pursuing that first overall pick. But, you know, the, the Pistons asking price is basically too high right now. And I commend Rafael Stone for not over again, over leveraging himself and, you know, foregoing so many of the assets that he's accumulated in his short time as the general manager, because even though you might think Cade has that, you know, true superstar potential. Jalen Green is just like right behind him as far as potential. So are the other, so are the other guys, Evan Mobley, Jalen Suggs. I think this is the draft where you're going to look at it and we're going to look back in, you know, five, 10 years and be like, wow, there were four consensus, like every year, year in, year out, all stars in the top part of this draft. That's incredible. So I commend Rafael Stone because it feels like what's happening is the Pistons have set an asking price and it's too much. And Rafael Stone has come up with what he is willing to part with for that number one overall pick to trade up just one spot from number two to number one. He's decided this is what I'm willing to part with. And if you guys want to bite on this offer, great. We have a deal. We have an accord. If not, so be it. We are perfectly content with Jalen Green at number two. And that's kind of where the Rockets are at right now. So is there still a chance that a trade materializes between the Pistons and Rockets? Absolutely. I'm not going to write it off yet until draft night is done, until until we see Jalen Green, probably not even right, like probably not even putting on the hat, right? Until draft night is over, until we make it to Friday morning and everything has been consummated, I'm not going to believe that you know everything's set in stone until until that coalesces, until that happens. So there's still that possibility there as far off as it may seem now Jalen green to me is the rockets guy. I think all the smoke points towards that. I think all the reports point towards that. And I think that some of this commentary from Cade Cunningham alludes to the fact that he strongly believes he is going to be a Detroit piston. And it'll be really great as you're listening to this on a Monday morning, Monday afternoon, uh, Jalen green is going to be speaking to the media, uh, Monday afternoon, July 26th. So that'll be fun to hear what he has to say. I'll be sure to try and sneak in a question because uh, I'll be joining that media session, which will be awesome. Get to hear what he has to say uh, about where he's at throughout this whole draft process and you know what he thinks about the Rockets. Uh, I'm sure that'll be a, a fun little session. But coming up, I do want to talk about another. Uh, we've got a couple more reports here. I do want to focus on the Evan Mobley report as well. Uh, it kind of piggybacking off of this first segment uh, as well as the report a secondary report around the Rockets and Pacers. And we're going to get there after a quick message from our friends over at Built Bar. Because look, at the end of the day, why, like if you've never had a protein bar that you actually care about, 
you need to try out Built Bar. It is the best protein bar on the market. The flavors, they're amazing, right? You cannot go wrong with them. German chocolate, raspberry, mint chocolate brownie, coconut brownie chunk, my personal favorite. Really can't go wrong with any one of these flavors. Every single bar is low-cal, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber. Great if you're on a keto diet. Great if you're trying to lose weight. Maybe you're just trying to stay where you're at. Maybe grab a couple Built Bars as you're heading out the door, running late for work in the morning. That's what I do. Um, or hit, you know, grab them as you're heading on the way to the gym. Whatever works for you, check them out. Go to BuiltBar.com. Use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your very next order. Again, that's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. And continuing on here at Locked on Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball. Let's dive into and kind of a continuation of that first segment, just following up on the media availabilities from both Cade Cunningham and Evan Mobley, some of the other quotes coming out of those and what is exactly going on with Evan Mobley and the fact that he hasn't uh, worked out with either the Pistons or the Rockets, what that means going forward. Now, with these uh, with these media availabilities, you know, these guys, they've been trained, coached on how to you know navigate these availabilities. And Evan Mobley was asked multiple times, you know, what teams have you worked out for? Who have you you know, what can you say about this organization? And he dodged a lot of questions in his media availability. Um, Cade, a little bit more open in his responses, a little bit more confident showing that. You know, he firmly believes he's going number one overall. I already read back that one uh, really, you know, the the staple quote, I think, from his from his availability. But he also had good things to say about the Rockets um, when asked about the Rockets organization. Uh, he said that Kevin Porter Jr. is starting to get things going. He looks like he's on track to have a great career. They have Christian Wood and some more guys getting comfortable being in the NBA. Uh, so, you know, he had some praise for what the Rockets are doing Uh I mean, he said that they have young pieces you can build on and being able to do that is important in this NBA. So Cade, you know, leaping some praise on the Rockets, but not so much in a convincing way where, you know, you walk away thinking, oh, he really wants to be on the Rockets. It was more so just, you know, him playing the political game. I don't know. He's just being, you know, being nice talking about the Rockets. But then you have Evan Mobley, who, you know, basically uh, you know, kind of dodged a lot of questions when asked specifically about his workouts. Uh, and then we have the the subsequent report that he hasn't worked out for either the Pistons or the Rockets. Uh, and the Rockets haven't been able to secure a workout with Jalen Suggs either. So that doesn't exactly help things when you're the Rockets debating who they're going to take at number two overall. But I think some of that is just the side effect of some of the reporting that has gone on, some of the information that has leaked that the Rockets are extremely high on Jalen Green and perfectly comfortable taking him number two overall. Because if you're Evan Mobley or if you're Jalen Suggs, why would you hurt your draft stock by having an individual workout with the Rockets and you know potentially that information getting out? Or even worse, why would you risk hurting yourself, injuring yourself, whatever, which is very slim chance for that to happen in like an individual workout, but still, right. It's a risk that doesn't necessarily do anything. It doesn't move the needle for Evan Mobley or Jalen Suggs because they're more than likely going to the Cavaliers and Raptors respectively at three and four. So I can see why they haven't bothered entertaining, a dr- entertaining working out uh, with the Rockets. And then also on Evan, Evan Mobley's behalf, even though the Pistons had some reported interest in Evan Mobley, it's very clear that Cade is likely their guy with a very slim chance that they might go Jalen Green instead, right? So because of all of that, 
even though the Pistons had some reported interest early on in Evan Mobley, it just wasn't enough for Mobley's camp to feel comfortable with him essentially wasting time doing a workout with the Pistons. So, I mean, it's it's all kind of like a, a political game at this point where, you know, they're just like they're, they're playing. The, they're holding their cards close to their chest. They're playing it safe. They have, you know, each of the top prospects, respective camps have a very firm idea of how things are going to shake out in this draft. So why risk anything negative happening by having them work out and have, you know, again, injury, something bad happen. They lower their stock, what have you, you know, front offices talk, right? If, if Evan Moley has a bad workout with the Rockets, there's no way that information doesn't somehow probably make it out of the front office, you know, and do its rounds be it somebody reports and says, oh, Evan Mobley didn't look so great in the Rockets workout, right? Something like that could potentially happen. So that's why these guys, they're not working out. And looking looking down down the line, some of these quotes from, from Evan Mobley, um, he did have a really strong quote. He said, I think I'll be a genera- generational player that no one has really seen before. That's what I'm aspiring to be. I'm going to keep working and stay in the gym until I get there. So, you know, Evan Mobley, kind of a he's kind of a soft-spoken dude i kind of get that get that feel um you know some of the answers to some of his questions were a little you know less than stellar like he didn't i he didn't blow me away in his media availability session like you know until he gave that answer about you know being i think i'll be a a generational player and then he spoke on a little bit about his length his agility his ability to switch uh you know talking about some of his uh physical traits and whatnot I was a little bit impressed by those answers, but like it wasn't the same as like Cade, like Cade's media availability. I mean, he crushed it, you know, from start to finish, you know, he was, uh, you know, just leaps and bounds more. I don't say amenable. He was just more engaging, more charismatic. Um, and I know that these are, you know, those traits that people have read into with Evan Mobley. Um, you know, he's quiet, reserved, not, you know, verbose not as showy on the court no emotion whatever i'm not trying to you know i'm not trying to slam evan mobley for this it's just an observation right having sat in a zoom meeting with him answering questions for 20 minutes just a minor observation on my behalf uh and i'm trying to see if there's anything that do 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 there it is okay there's the other quote um, Evan Mobley, uh, wants to be in the best situation possible. He said he would like to play alongside players like Christian Wood and thinks that it would be a cool fit. Uh, he did mention that the Rockets are a young athletic team and that he is young and athletic. So that is an exciting possibility. Um, you know, those, those were kind of the extent of his comments on the Houston Rockets and what he had to say about their young core. Nothing nearly as complimentary as what Cade wound up saying. And again, it'll be interesting to see what Jalen Green has to say about the Rockets, given uh, his, I guess, connections with Kevin Porter Jr. on social media, all those interactions uh, back when when Jalen Green was live and told Kevin Porter Jr., you know that'd be a scary backcourt KP. So we'll see exactly how that happens. Uh, I'm still trying to figure out exactly what question or two I want to try and sneak in there for Jalen Green. But coming up, I do want to talk about this uh, doubling down of the report between the discussions, or I should say the discussions between the Houston Rockets and Indiana Pacers. And we're going to get there after a quick message from our friends over at betonline.ag because betonline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. you got baseball season going strong. They've also got, also got you covered for UFC, MMA, you name it. They've got it over at betonline. So don't sit on the sidelines anymore. It's time to get in on the action. And you can do that using promo code 
locked on to receive a 50% welcome bonus on your very first deposit. Again, that's promo code locked on L O C K E D O N for a 50% welcome bonus on your very first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. And final segment here at Locked On Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every single day. Now, we recently had that discussion talking about Eric Gordon and the report originally coming out of the Indy Star saying that the Rockets and Pacers had had discussions about the 13th overall pick in this year's draft. And there were no names specifically of players that were mentioned in this original report from the Indy Star. However, everybody immediately jumped towards Eric Gordon, right? Indiana native. Um, you know, it, it made a lot of sense that Eric Gordon would be the guy that would potentially be moved. He doesn't fit with the Rockets timeline anymore at 32 years old. Um, apologize, 32, 31? Is he 31 or 32? How old is EG? There we go, 32. I wasn't 100% sure if he was 31 or 32. So uh, with Eric Gordon's name now circling back uh, as a report out of uh, Bleacher Report, Jake Fisher uh, of Bleacher Report, kind of doubling down on this report that the Rockets and Pacers have continued these discussions uh, centered around uh, Eric Gordon and the number 23 overall pick going to Indiana for the number 13 pick. Uh, and then in a subsequent line, immediately after the line talking about this, you know, involving the Rockets Pacers, there was also a line talking about the Pacers gauging interest in one Miles Turner. Now, I don't think that these two are directly related to each other. I don't think it means and Eric Gordon and 23 for Miles Turner and 13, because that seems like an extremely lopsided deal in favor of the Rockets, honestly, at this point. Um, it'd be cool. I'd be all for Miles Turner in Houston, but that's not how I'm reading this situation whatsoever. I think those are two kind of separate endeavors, because honestly, if the Rockets are able to move on from Eric Gordon and bring back a higher pick in this year's draft, if you're able to jump up 10 spots and move on from the contract of Eric Gordon, that is an absolute win. Like, I don't, I'm still trying to wrap my head around why this makes sense for Indiana. And it, Eric Gordon had a really good season last year, shot a career high inside the arc around like 57%, um, you know, and looked to be playing some of the best basketball of his career up until the groin injury. But it's that injury that's a little bit, you know, daunting, a little bit disconcerting because conceivably you would think that the Pacers would want to see. Eric Gordon in action a little bit more, make sure that he's healthy, make sure that he's still putting up the numbers that he was pre-injury. And that's where a lot of my concern has been regarding Eric Gordon this offseason is I still don't know how confident I am in Rafael Stone's ability to be able to offload Eric Gordon without giving up an abundance of assets to do so. Or I mean, abundance, you know, a couple picks, whatever. It's not going to be a haul to get rid of Eric Gordon. But still, I don't think that they should use draft capital just to move Eric Gordon, which has led to me led me to be concerned about what do they do with rotation minutes next season? Because if you're going to have a backcourt of Kevin Porter Jr. and Jalen Green that need to be getting 30 plus minutes a night to develop, where do you find the time to play John Wall? Where do you find the time to play Eric Gordon so that you can continue to build up the trade value of those guys and say, look, these guys can be contributing members to a winning culture, to a winning team. If Rafael Stone is able to move Eric Gordon in some capacity on draft night or just before draft night. And in again, in this trade, this isn't using a pick to offload Eric Gordon. This is using a pick and Eric Gordon to move up 10 spots in a loaded draft class. I would be 
I would be all for this trade. Um, I think it makes sense with potentially like Jeremy Lamb's expiring contract coming back. And then you'd have to throw in, I believe, like one more, you know, low tier salary if you're the Pacers to make this trade work. And the original reporting did mention that new Indiana head coach Rick Carlisle is looking for proven veteran players to be able to make a significant push with the Pacers this, you know, this upcoming season immediately, right? So a draft pick at number 13 might be able to be a contributor right away, but the likelihood of that draft pick at 13 versus Eric Gordon and already established presence and a draft pick at 23, that is going to be more of an immediate contribution to a winning culture, to establishing, to kind of writing the ship in Indiana and setting the tone in Rick Carlisle's first season as head coach with the Pacers rather than a project, you know, at 13 that you're going to have to develop. And again, if you're the Pacers, you're still getting a shot at a prospect just 10 slots a little bit further down the line. Maybe the Pacers aren't super impressed with any of the available prospects at 13. And so they're trying to figure out how they can, again, bolster their roster right now and get an immediate impact player, a veteran who has obviously, I mean, Eric Gordon has done a lot in his time with the Rockets. He is a great two-way player offensively. He you know, brings the entire package. He's a great shooter, great slasher, finisher, scorer, um, can be your sixth man, can be a starter. Defensively, I mean, he's locked down uh, Chris Paul. He's locked down Donovan Mitchell. Um, he has the ability to lock down guards defensively, especially in, those, in some of those deep postseason runs that the Rockets have had. His defense was invaluable to some of the success, some of the playoff success of the Houston Rockets. So... I think this is a strong deal for Indiana and I'm really trying to like remove my Rockets biases from here because again, I don't think the jump in quality of prospect from 13 to 23 is so significant that you would, if you're the Pacers, that you would absolutely turn your nose up at the idea of also acquiring Eric Gordon and still walking away with a prospect that you'll be, you'll be able to develop and groom and work while kind of making that development kind of a backseat towards the immediate goal of riding the ship, getting back to, you know, you know, being in the playoffs and, and, you know, having a successful playoff run under a really, you know, really strong head coach in Rick Carlisle, because that's clearly what the Pacers are aspiring to do. Now I'm trying to make sure if there's anything else from this report that I want to touch base on, uh, to do, let's see. I mean, other than, and I, I remember my original speculation on this report was, Maybe the Pacers were inquiring because they the the language in the original report said that the Pacers wanted you know a player with multiple years left on their contract, and I uh, posited that it might mean Christian Wood or possibly Jay Sean Tate, guys who both have a couple years left on their deals and are a bit older, a little bit more established out of the Rockets' young core. Um, probably closer to their respective ceilings. You know, you kind of know what you're getting out of those two guys. Although I do still think both have, you know, plenty of room to continue to grow and improve. Um, but their floor, very high floor for both of those two guys. It doesn't seem like that's the case. And it doesn't seem like there's any inclination out of the Rockets front office or out of Rafael Stone that they have, you know, explored ideas to move any of the Rockets young core. Now, if I had to take a, you know, I still don't think moving any of them is the right move just yet. I think it's too early to do that. And I still think that we're going to see 
I still think we're going to see a, a, a big step out of Kevin Porter Jr. this next season. I think Christian Wood has another has another gear that he can shift into. Um, I think, again, the injury kind of derailed some of his progression this past season. So I'm excited to see him have, an, have a healthy offseason and come in this next season with a full-blown training camp with a proper roster around him. You know, he's been with his head coach for a year now. I think Christian Wood's got room to improve. Uh, KJ Martin, you know, showed some, you know, exponential growth on the back half of last season after going down to the G league for a little while. So I think of those four guys, we're still going to see some more improvement out of them. So I think if you try to, you know, cash in your chips on any of them right now, it's not the right move. Like, I think that the right move to be able to potentially move on from any of any one of those four would be at the deadline at the earliest and if there's a team that calls up and maybe says, hey, you know, we're really interested in Christian Wood and the Rockets, you know, think that he doesn't exactly fit the timeline or they'd rather focus on, you know, a true a true reset of the timeline with their young, you know, 20 year old backcourt duo of potentially Jalen Green and Kevin Porter Jr. Uh, if that's the move, if that's what they decide to do, I think that's probably a better timeline for things to give Christian Wood to give, you know, those guys a little bit more time to showcase themselves, to develop a little bit further, because I don't think we've seen Christian Wood ceiling at all. I think that he's still got a little bit more room to improve. And so trading, you know, looking into making a move with him now would be selling low on Christian Wood. And I don't think that's the right move. So I like that we haven't heard anything out of the front office about potentially dealing one of those four guys yet. I'm not saying any, they're not, none of them are untradeable but I just don't think it's the right time to move any of them quite just yet. So with that, I think it's going to be the end of the, today's episode. Now we do have Ali Kambijani and I are going to be breaking down some of those prospects at 23-24 for the Rockets coming up a little bit later this week before the draft. Don't want to miss out on that. We had some scheduling issues last week, so we weren't able to get that show out, unfortunately. But we're going to have that one out. Uh, we're also going to be doing something in the way of like a live show, probably a live post-draft recap for the NBA draft. So as soon as everything concludes that evening on Thursday, be sure to tune back in. We'll probably go live. Uh, might have a guest, might have a couple guests as we go live and kind of break down what happened in the NBA draft, both for the Rockets and for everybody else in the NBA. But for today's show, that is going to do it. Be sure to listen to the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 presented by Locked On and Odyssey featuring analysis from the GOAT of NBA Mock Drafts himself, Chad Ford, and Odyssey NBA experts Brian Scalabrini and former general manager Ryan McDonough. It's the perfect way to get ready for the NBA Draft. Our Locked On NBA local experts, hey, that's me, and others will make selections and trades for your favorite basketball teams throughout this week-long special event. Search the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 on the new Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Odyssey is your audio home for all the sports, podcasts, music, and news that matter to you. That's Odyssey, A-U-D-A-C-Y. As always, thank you so much for watching, for listening, and we look forward to having you back right here at Locked on Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball.